Nearly 200 years ago, when Florida had just become a state, our population was ripped to shreds by two vicious, contagious, and fatal diseases. They were yellow fever and malaria. Both are now known for being transmitted by mosquitoes who thrive in tropical and subtropical environments like ours. But back then, when the Panhandle was still the most populous region of our state, doctors believed that these diseases were transmitted by quote-unquote bad air. This is actually where the word malaria comes from. Malaria is an Italian compound word that loosely translates to bad air. This was their best idea at the time. Florida was still an unknown quantity and physicians were flying by the seat of their pants. As they tried to solve these problems, more and more Floridians died and the disease just spread and spread. It would not be until the turn of the 20th century before American doctors discovered how these diseases were transmitted. But 50 years before that, one man came close, so close that if his plan had gone through, he might have saved the lives of thousands of Floridians. My name is Nick D'Alessandro, and this is Wait 5 Minutes, a podcast about Florida by a Floridian. Today's story is about John Gorey, a physician who made his home in Florida, invented a machine that would generate ice and cool air, and would eventually die broke. There are 175 state parks throughout our state of various different sizes, functions, and ecosystems. The largest is a stunning 75,000 acres called the Fakahatchee Strand State Preserve, smack in the Big Cypress Swamp, and home to miles upon miles of hiking trails and scenic drives. The smallest ones, however, barely even make up a single acre. Three of them are just buildings, and the fourth is a historic swimming hole that had most of its surrounding area brought up by natural spring water bottling companies. Two of the single-acre parks are in the exact same town, in fact, Apalachicola in the Panhandle. One is the Ormond House Historic State Park, the former home of a local businessman who invested in cotton as a means to help the city grow. The building is antebellum in design, the picture of rich white southern living in that era. The second state park in that town isn't much to look at. It's compiled of red brick, squat, with Greek columns holding up a small porch. It's symmetrical and resembles a doctor's office or an administration building. It's unimpressive aesthetically, but on the grounds, moved from his former location, is the body of Apalachicola's favorite son, John Gorey. The town sits at the intersection of East Bay and Apalachicola Bay. The name Apalachicola is a seminal word that translates roughly to people on the other side of the river. There are just under 3,000 people in the city, and it's a significant drive from the other major coastal cities along the Gulf. As for John Gorey, his birth year is generally unknown, but our best bet is 1803, the son of Scottish colonists born in the West Indies. He grew up in Columbia, South Carolina during the early peaks of yellow fever in our country. He witnessed the disease firsthand as it ravaged his home city when he was just 21 years old. Yellow fever bullied South Carolina for over a century, killing nearly a dozen every time it popped up in some odd city. In Charleston, nearly 3,000 people died in the span of 30 years from yellow fever. Before the Civil War even afflicted the state's population, the yellow fever made life in the South terrifying. John Gorey worked in an apothecary, learning and working and growing as a physician until he eventually went to medical school. As his neighbors died all around him, Gorey found his mission to protect our citizens from these diseases. 
John Gorey had a soft face, with a thin mouth and youthful eyes, skinny and pale, he likely consistently looked much younger than his age. The country was moving comfortably into its industrial boom with urban cities putting down roots and white men of steady means like Gorey were looking to get in on the action. The South was still growing and Gorey saw Florida as a future home of his medical practice. His first home was along the Florida state border in a town that would eventually be known as Sneeds, spelled S-N-E-A-D-S. When his mother passed, Gorey moved to Apalachicola. The city was a massive port on the eastern seaboard and was essential in the South's production of cotton, which fully relied on slave labor. Much of the cotton picked throughout the South would be exported via this port city. Gorey jumped into the city with aplomb, not only establishing himself as the town's doctor, but also serving as the town's postmaster for four years, then a member of the city council, then the town's intendant, which is essentially the town mayor. He even helped found the town's Masonic Lodge and aided in establishing two banks, an Episcopal church, and an insurance company. John was in his 30s and had become one of the most prolific members of his community, if not the most. In less than a decade, the man got married, had two kids, and was living in the 1800s version of the American dream. Then, in 1841, at the age of 38, the yellow fever caught up to him again. It swept into the panhandle before he knew what to do. Gorey resigned from every position he held overnight. He stopped working as a general practitioner and instead exclusively took patients suffering from yellow fever and malaria. He attempted to cure people throughout his town, but the yellow fever moves quickly. It ripples through the body, causing it to turn yellow, and people would die within hours. Gorey didn't have much time with the patients because they would be gone before he knew what to do next. He went after the disease by suggesting patients avoid low-lying areas near tepid water and by potentially lowering the temperature in their room. There is no easy way to do that in the South, especially in the summer. Ice melts quickly and when it's gone, it's gone. The way we had ice in the first place was by bringing it down from the North. In the South, there was no way to create ice. But Gorey had a machine that took him seven years to create. It kept compressed air in a small box, then would release it into a pool of water where it would draw out the heat and freeze the water. At the age of 42, he left his medical practice behind and invested entirely in this invention. The ice machine would sit high in a room and the cool air would drift downward, pushing warm air up and would keep rooms where patients lay cooler. Gorey did not know he was combating mosquitoes, but cool air keeps the bugs away. He thought he was just trying to push out the bad air, but he was actually doing it. He had created one of the single most effective ways to combat the transmission of these diseases. By 1848, he had a working model, filed for a patent, and sought out a career as a businessman selling the very thing that could save American lives. About malaria, he said, quote, its prevention is so obviously within our power that it is a wonder that simple means by which it may be affected should have been overlooked or misdirected." End quote. John had found what he believed to be the magic cure, except he was called a crank, and other scientists said he was trying to play God. Nationwide, John Gorey was called every name in the book, and though his machine received a patent, potential buyers were not interested. Much of the criticism was funded by northern ice companies who saw the machine as a death knell for their profits. He spent years selling his imperfect machine, which would occasionally break during demonstrations. 
By the age of 54, he had lost all of his money in a string of bad investments. He'd cracked a way to truly fight this disease and had invented the basic concepts that would lead us to modern refrigerators. After fighting yellow fever and malaria for decades, he had beaten them. He had solved it. But no one was interested. He suffered a nervous breakdown that would eventually lead to his death at the age of 54. He was buried at the church he helped create. Now he is buried at the museum, just a few steps from a model of his machine that is still celebrated as the first indoor cooling system in Florida. Now as we savor our loud humming AC units that protect us from those blistering summer days, we can thank the man with a thankless job who died knowing that he had the answer, but that no one wanted to hear. We have 175 state parks in Florida honoring people and places that define us. John Gorey certainly does that. The next time you're in the Panhandle, bring your air-conditioned car down south and maybe pay John a visit. I'm Nick D'Alessandro, and this has been a Wait 5-Minute Story. If you like this show, give it a review or share it with a friend. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WFMPod. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss the premiere of Season 2 next month on September 9th. I'll see you next Friday with another short Wait 5-Minute Story. Until then... I'm Nick D'Alessandro. Take care of yourself.